Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I am excited about this one. Uh, This is an episode that will doubtlessly keep some of our fellow listeners up at night. It's one oh. of the ones that we've got we've got a we've had so many responses to this over the years. Everybody except for one guy who wrote to us, everybody has had a nightmare at some point in their life. And <laughs> fellow conspiracy realists out there, if you're listening now, man, I think you had nightmares and you just don't remember them. But that's what this episode is about. Sleep paralysis, shadow people, nightmares. I want to know the secret to this happy lad's uh, uh, existence because it seems pretty unlikely to not even have a spooky dream every now and then. But this isn't just about spooky dreams. This is about like waking nightmares. Yeah. The way it's described is horrifying. Uh, Being awake or feeling like you're awake, being able to see your room or wherever it is you're sleeping. And then the worst experience possible, some entity coming into that place where you're sleeping and attacking you or interacting with you in some way and you can't move. Oh my God. At the very least menacing you. <laughs> mm. or, or just, just being creepy. You know, this is like, uh, there, there is science to this. Uh, and it is a, uh, some people would argue it is a conspiracy that your own brain is perpetrating against you. So let's dive in. Uh, might want to keep a light on. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. As always, we are joined in the studio today with our super producer, Noel the Sandman Brown. Hello. Do you like that, Sandman? Yeah. I worked on that one. I'm a fan of the Sandman. And uh, most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. And today, we talked briefly on it off-air. There's only one way we can start this show. That's with a story. So, a recurring uh, theme for me when when I'm sleeping sometimes, I guess you'd call it a recurring nightmare, a dream. Uh, I have this sense that I'm floating in a giant body of water and I just have this overwhelming sensation that there's something much much larger than me underneath me and it's not necessarily like something that's going to devour me it's just a sense of like feeling small kind of and insignificant Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll wake from this and 
that feeling will kind of stay with me. And I, I'm not exactly, it's not exactly a, a kind of paralysis, but it's just this carries over from sleep into waking. And then I sort of, I'm, I'm sort of like stuck with that and I, and I experience it even when I'm awake. And it's almost this feeling of not being fully awake and sort of still being in that, that space. As though a dark, gigantic eye opens in the abyss beneath you. Yeah, and I mean, what I what I compare it to is, you know, maybe like a whale or just some sort of... I, I've always kind of been freaked out by things that I can't see, things that lie just beneath the surface, and, you know, nothing uh, represents a larger, unsee, uh, you know, unseeable, unknowable world than the ocean or you know, right, the water. Yeah. And so that's just, that's something that's always stuck with me, and it comes back pretty often. Yeah, the uh, the Leviathan's a very powerful and scary thing to experience. Uh, what about you, Matt? You got one? Oh, yeah, I've certainly, I can relate to that feeling, especially being in the ocean, but I have not really experienced it much in a dreaming state. Uh, I, just, I had a story about uh, my wife because we recently experienced this, or she recently experienced it. Um, I guess, why don't I tell that story after we actually talk about what it is? <laughs> Right. Yes. Uh, so we're talking a little bit about nightmares and, uh, it's strange that there are some nightmares that occur more often in one culture than another. There are some nightmares that seem weirdly specific. A lot of people have nightmares related to their teeth crumbling yeah. or mm-hmm. falling out or having to do stuff with other people's teeth. Um, <clears throat> so a nightmare at heart is what is called a parasomnia. That's our word of today, right? Uh, like the time when we, we learned that other, what's that word for fake suicide, right? Yeah. When you fake your own suicide, mm-hmm. uh, which we didn't know is the thing. So the word like that is parasomnia or sleeping disorder. A nightmare is a kind of parasomnia and nightmare is a weird name when we think about it, right? It's like two words. What does it mean? Like night horse? (laughs) Kind of. It's just, is it scarier? Um, What it originally meant was this idea of an evil uh, incubus or succubus afflicting sleepers with a feeling of suffocation. Yeah. Incubus would be the male version Mm -hmm. that generally attacks females. And the succubus, the female, I think, definitely sit on top of you and steal your breath sometimes or just yeah. asphyxiate you suck out your soul right i mean that's yeah. sort of, that's sort of the image that i associate yeah, with yeah exactly it. sap your life energy mm-hmm. right and uh, drink your milkshake <laughs> don't do that your precious bodily fluids <laughs> yeah exactly and so when we look at this um now when we say oh i had a nightmare my um I, I, I had a nightmare where I was walking down a hallway when there was nothing but shutting doors. And then, you know, I kept hearing someone just around the corner um, singing Lionel Richie's Hello. I'm making this up. This is going to happen to me. <laughs> um, but the, uh, that sounds like it might be not that scary. But Hello, it's me. <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different hello song. A good <laughs> there are a lot of hello songs. But the... Um, the point is that Nightmare, once upon a time, described a very specific type of unpleasant dream. And it's the thing we're talking about today. We're talking about, before we give the scientific term, let's just talk about the myth of this idea of this unwanted visitor coming to find you in the night. So we know it goes across different cultures, right? Oh, yeah, sure. One of the things I found was uh, reference that some people attribute to this type of thing, a another entity visiting a human in the night, goes back to the Bible, uh, and it comes from Genesis 6, 1 through 4. And the one in particular that I was looking at was the New International Version. It says, When the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married them, any of them they chose, and it speaks about them going to the daughters of men and having children with them. And uh, some people attribute this to being like a spirit or a, you know, an angel mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. coming and visiting a woman in the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Him. Yeah. And we also we also hear in other times you've heard people like you remember the black cat thing mm-hmm. like that cats would sit on the chest of someone, especially babies and suck out their breath. There's a fear of black cats 
all, I mean, multiple parts of the world for many different reasons too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the I actually heard, adopted a black cat, and um, at yeah. the Humane Society, they said they don't adopt them out around Halloween because people tend to do terrible things to them. And your cat's Jeez. awesome. My cat's great. Oh, <laughs> what's what's your cat's name? Maybe, maybe, maybe. As in maybe Bloof. Yeah. Nice. As in, maybe you're right. Oh. Maybe I'm crazy. As in, maybe we should move on. <laughs> okay, so uh, another <laughs> reference that I found, and specifically okay. it was from uh, this production called The Entity, which aired on, I think, Channel 4 on the BBC, but it was made in association mm. with TLC and a couple other mm. companies. But anyway, uh, they put a quote from Horace from the first century BC at the beginning, at the very top of the episode they created. And it is... Quote, when doomed to death, I will attend you as a nocturnal fury. I will attack your faces and brooding upon your restless breasts. I will deprive you of repose by terror. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and I'm sure you've got other examples, but it just seems to me to be a very striking image that could find its way into lots of different cultures. Just the idea of being asleep, completely mm-hmm. having your guard down, mm-hmm. and yes. being just completely totally vulnerable to whether it be spirits, whether it be physical visitors in the night intending to do you harm. Mm-hmm. I mean, sleep is a is a pretty unique situation in that respect, you know. And this podcast ties into ties into some strange parts there because we're also going to talk about uh reality, which I know can be such a difficult thing to talk about and we might spend in a few circles but what is the nature of reality plato's cave all that stuff perception physicality none of this is real man yeah yeah that's what that's what people are telling me in most of in most of my hallucinations even the not really vivid ones even just like the whispers when i'm walking by the microwave mm-hmm. anyway speaking of moving on so the um what one thing we need to talk about is the idea of shadow people. We have talked about the different ways cultures interpret the the same common symptoms, right? Mm. Like an inability to move, except for maybe the eyes, difficulty breathing, hallucinations, a sense of a presence and very strong emotional reactions to that presence. Yeah, there are even things uh, like tingling that sometimes will, or a sense of tingling or mm-hmm. electricity mm-hmm. in the air or in the body mm-hmm. uh, as the the feeling of, in, the, the feeling that you're unable to move starts to occur. I've read a lot about that. A couple other things. Oh, sounds. I didn't realize that auditory hallucinations were such a, a large part of this. Yeah, yeah, auditory hallucinations. Uh, it's strange because every sense that people have, and there are more than five, uh, can have some sort of hallucinatory aspect occur. It's just your body giving you different information. So these are waking nightmares. Is that correct? Yeah, the very yes, because the, your body is somewhere in this limbo between between the worlds, yeah. you know? Well, and it's like I said at the top of the show with my dream, it's sort of, I mean, it's not this extreme, but it's something that's, that's recurred enough that I'm, it, it's meaningful to me. This sense, this feeling of being tiny and insignificant mm-hmm. and being dwarfed by some sort of mammoth unseen being is obviously something that resonates with me. And when I awake, I still, that stays with me to the point that I, you know, am, uh, very much still in that dream headspace, even though I'm awake. Yeah. So it's not exactly a waking nightmare like we're describing here, but I think it's it's along the same lines, at least as far as my experience goes. You know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a very strange thing. Have you guys ever had a really intense nightmare where you wake up out of it and then you know that if you go back to sleep, you'll be back in that world? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you don't go back to sleep. You put on... Something nice like Fallout 3. Fallout 3. <laughs> yep. That's what one does, right? I think I may have grown out of that yeah. a little bit. I definitely remember that from when I was younger. There was um, a time where I was absolutely terrified by the movie It. And oh, man. that was one I remember just having such a hard time with where I would have these nightmares and then I would wake up and I would have to stay up all night watching the Flintstones on Cartoon Network wow. just to uh, calm myself down because I made the mistake of watching it when I was too young. And God, if I've watched that movie recently and it's just awful. It's not scary at all. <laughs> but Aww. man, it scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Hey, 
maybe that's an unpopular opinion. But the I mean, book, the uh, the book was scary. I thought Tim Curry did a great job. No, he did a fine job. But I mean, there's so many things that you can that you can't do in a 1990s you know, made for TV made for TV serial yeah. miniseries. I don't care what you say. Every time I look at one of those uh, little runoff sewer great things, I see his face. Well, they float. I just imagine that I see his face. Yeah. And Down there, everybody floats. And let's be honest, it doesn't matter who is talking to you from inside a sewer. <laughs> just like nonchalantly, hey. The more well-known they are, the less cool it is. It doesn't matter. if, if You're it, right. That is a pretty striking image where he just yeah. kind of nonchalantly just sort of like pops up out of there and the hey, kid, kid just talks to him like it's everything. <laughs> yeah, if you guys, don't get me wrong, if, if one of us were trapped in a sewer or even more creepily, just nonchalantly yeah. said, yeah. <laughs> to the kid's credit, he does sort of be like, how'd you get down there? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. but the um, the strange thing about these nightmares, these disquieting things, this line between what is real and what is uh, what is just imagined, came to a head with a, a short story I'd like to tell you guys in place of an actual nightmare thing. So in 2001, on an episode of one of my favorite radio shows, Coast to Coast AM, Art Bell had a guest on, and their conversation wandered over to this notion of shadow people, murky and distinct hazy things seen at the edge of vision, often walking all crazy like the person in the ring. Listeners, you can't see it, but I'm doing a pretty good physical impression. <laughs> yes, he is. And, uh, and what we, what they found was that so many people who had never thought this experience happened to anyone else found out that it happened all the time. Well, well, I'm exaggerating, but it happened often. So they started writing in with their pictures of shadow people and this descriptions of these demons, these ghosts, these extra dimensional beings and this similar set of symptoms. So here's the question, right? Putting aside whether it's real, not real, how could so many people experience the same thing? I mean, were they making it all up? That's a possibility, but it could also just be how our, how, how our brains function, right? And how we interpret things and try and make faces out of nothing just because it's an evolutionary adv it's adv advantageous for us to do that. I remember the term night terror. So yeah. it's sort of like a distinction between just a run of the mill nightmare <laughs> and a night terror that actually like affects you physically. I mean, that's what this strikes me as. And I mean, I understand this need to insert some sort of boogeyman into something that's so traumatic like that. I yeah. think you're right. I think it is just the way our brains kind of fill in the gaps. I mean, is there something legit supernatural going on here? I can't say, but it's, it's interesting to think about. It's a possibility and it is something that many people believe. That there is, I mean, again, for, for thousands of years now, it has been written about these, you know, beings that perhaps were just named different things throughout culture. Because mm -hmm. if we are all experiencing the same thing because of our brain, then perhaps we're just applying what we know to what we are seeing, right? Or hearing. Right. Like, uh, UFO visitation stories have a whole lot in common with old stories from fairy tales of changelings and abducted children and visits in the night. Uh, you're right though, that whether it's a demon, a witch, a shadow, a blackhead, a ghost, etc., they, they all have the same things in common. And, uh, what's interesting about this is that this is not just a bunch of folklore or just a bunch of anecdotes or old wives tales or opinions um we were talking about this earlier and that's what our video was about this week uh no what what does the world of science recognize this as so scientists call this phenomenon uh sleep paralysis and it's one of these things that despite there being so many reports of it and it being clearly relatively widespread 
they're just not quite sure what causes it. And that's what's fascinating to me about it. So there's actually quite a few theories about it, though. Uh, one of them being that it's an overlap in stages of REM and waking cycles. Another is that it represents uh, mismatched neural functions, out-of-balance neural functions. Okay. And sleep deprivation is another one, or disturbance of routine sleep patterns. And, I mean, I can speak to sleep deprivation. <laughs> Definitely some crazy things can happen when you don't get enough sleep. Yeah, that's another thing. There is a particular group that also reports uh, seeing shadow people, uh, and those are methamphetamine addicts Woo! after after a, a long time. A, ri- a bender. Riding the rails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bender. Uh, I mean, I know that if I just don't, if I stay up all night, maybe one night, and then don't get enough sleep the next night, I always refer to myself as being a little punchy, you know, where I'm kind of just like, my brain's not firing on all cylinders, you know, and more so than usual. And I'm much more likely to kind of fall into sort of almost like a weird fugue state, you know? And so I can imagine that you take that and multiply it, it could be pretty intense. Yeah, that's all I know now. So oh, that's right. What's it yeah, like, weird. Matt? Tell us. Tell it's us about weird. it, sir. I definitely get the corner of your eye when you move. Your Who's head. in the room now? Yeah, I I get that feeling way too often now, and it's not just because I'm aware of at least what's happening chemically in my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm aware that that's the pr- the issue. Right. So wait. So but this also was something that was that was close to you. This was uh, this suggestion came to the group because this is something you wanted to look into, right? Yes. I okay. So not long ago, I watched the Nightmare, which is a documentary available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by Rodney Asher, who also did the the Shining. Yes, room two thirty seven, which is also I mean it's just all yeah, tangentially yeah. related yeah. to our show <laughs> in this beautiful way. So uh, I just happened upon it. It was on my suggested things to watch, and man, it was great. It was, you know, it's been touted. If you looked at the trailers, like this is the scariest movie that's happened. Sort of a hybrid decades. kind of film, like it's but, a yeah. documentary, but it has some production elements. It has some are, reenactments. Yeah. Dude, yeah. they did a great job of doing some reenactments. Yes, and but really, it's just the stories themselves of all of these people that they interviewed for the film who have experienced this type of thing, specifically where you are experiencing sleep paralysis, where you are. Body, you believe that you are in your body, you are awake in your room or wherever you're sleeping, and these entities are visiting you. Mm-hmm. And they mean most of the time to do you harm. Anyway, I just watched that, and Diana, my wife, and our new son, they were asleep in the room with me, but they had been asleep for a long time. So I was like, I think I can watch this now, and it won't be a big deal. We watch it. Well, last week, Diana had an experience of her own with this, with a sleep paralysis. And it's something that I have never experienced before in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, sadly, I was a little jealous that she got to experience <laughs> it, even though it is a horrifying, when oh, you're in that moment, okay. it is a horrifying thing. Uh, I imagine, at least from the film, yeah. The Nightmare, it seems freaking horrifying and terrible. I mean, it sounds like getting waterboarded or something. You it's know? just awful. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so anyway, she experienced it. And I just asked you guys if you wanted to do this, and that's why we're here. So, Diane, if you're listening to this, uh, we hope you're doing well, and we'll try to do justice to this. Also, other people who have experienced this, uh, before we go any further, we need to talk a little bit about REM, uh, the band band or the dream sequence. It's up to you guys. Talk about the passion. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we'll talk about the passion. Uh, right. Yeah, so rapid eye movement, one of the things that happens when you are asleep, and if you are a child sleeping, you will have this much more often uh, than you will as an adult. Kids just dream more. And, you know, there's something kind of like touchy, weird about that. But what we find when we talk about the way nightmares and REM sleep uh, interact. Uh, Noel, you said a really interesting thing with the idea that sleep cycles might be happening out of order, mm-hmm. essentially, right? So, or or together, <clears throat> right? Overlapping, overlapping, overlapping yeah. and in a time when maybe they should be consecutive waves in and out. So, 
REM sleep starts with a signal from a thing at the, a neighborhood at the base of your brain. If your brain is a city, yeah. your your uh, your brain has a neighborhood way in the back called the pons, and these signals travel to the thalamus, and that goes to the cerebral cortex. Cerebral cortex is like the hot, important part of town. It's where all the colleges are, right? It's, it's where the Soto Sopa. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hope it's a little better than that. <laughs> well, I mean, it helps you get a Whole Foods. Oh, gosh. Any South Park fans in the audience? I need some curious fusion delights. <laughs> sorry. That's been my, that's been that's, my thing. I've been saying you say that, that sometimes. Just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to take us away. Ben, take us back. I'm sorry. Bring it back, man. Reel it in. So the cerebral cortex is going to be the part of your brain responsible for organizing the things you learn. Organizing the things you think, enabling your thought process. So when this REM sleep occurs, the pons is sending signals that shut off neurons in the spinal cord, causing a temporary paralysis of the limb muscles. That's why when you have dreams, whether they're happy or sad dreams, and you're running your ass off, you're laying prone, usually, usually. Mm -hmm. But if if that delicate balance is disturbed... Then you have all kinds of issues you could have. You could just be sleepwalking. That's something how mm-hmm. it, that's how it manifests sometimes. Mm-hmm. You could be like my dog where uh, my dog is fast asleep on the couch and just running like the limbs are physically moving. Have either of you ever sleptwalked before? Yeah, I have not. I used to a lot when I was younger. Like I actually did it, went to my neighbor's house. Whoa. I mean, seriously. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder why, what the distinction there is. Like, why? What did you do? I think I knocked on the door and, and I was wrapped in a blanket and they, you know, answered the door and were like, Hey, that's weird. Go <laughs> that's home. Awesome. Go, go home, kid. <laughs> How old were you? I, I guess probably, you know, six or seven, something like that. One time I peed in my dad's drawer. <laughs> Dude, I, okay. That's wow. Spooky. This just brought, I have sleptwalk. Mm-hmm. So my dad used to listen to records on headphones down in the living room. Uh-huh. And apparently one night I walked down with, while my dad was just sitting on the floor. He was just sitting on the floor with his hands on mm-hmm. his head, laying back, listening to some, I don't know, probably some eagles. Cravings. It was yeah. probably eagles. Mm-hmm. And I walked over and just peed right onto his speaker. Huge, like these big speakers, they weren't even in use. I just peed right on them. <laughs> I don't even know how old I was. Guys, I'm, I'm sorry to say I've never done any sleepwalk. Any <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Excellent word. Uh, but the the strange part of this is that we still don't completely understand REM sleep, and you might get out of it and be in this stage of somewhere in between waking and sleeping, and your body still thinks it's supposed to be shut down. But you... I've opened your eyes in the real world. You've violated some fundamental law that fiction writers seem to make up whenever they do a dream world story. And well, yeah. And then you're so as those two systems are overlapping, you may be it may be causing you to see things, but overlaid on on top of your actual room. Right. And that's why this stuff is so terrifying, because your brain really believes that it's there. Mm -hmm. So. Now we've answered a little bit of the scientific stuff behind the folklore, right? Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a closer look at maybe the more esoteric, abstract, one might even say paranormal things involved. But first, a word from our sponsor. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more 
while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we are back. So we talked about the science. We talked about some personal revelations, some experiential things about nightmares Let's talk about sleep paralysis itself. I, I pulled up some numbers I want to walk you guys through. Uh, so just to get a sense of the magnitude, you'll hear, you'll hear estimates saying anywhere from two to eight percent of the population experiences sleep paralysis. So if we just took the number six percent, right, which is one I saw in, uh, in a couple of different studies out of Stanford, uh, then what we see is that as of 2015, if there are more than 7.3 billion people on the planet, and that means that even with the lower estimate, nearly like 440 something million people experience sleep paralysis. It's larger than the population of the U.S. It really makes you understand why when Art Bell made that show, they got so many images of people sending in like, hey, this is what it looks like and what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. What kind of images? Uh, of what what the what they had experienced as shadow people or entities. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. they they drew these. Mm -hmm. These were. I see. They weren't supposed. I, I think uh, there were probably a few alleged photographs, mm -hmm. but but with that point, with over four hundred million people experiencing things that they explain in in the such a similar way, uh, what what gives? You know, in the guy who made the documentary. Um, was Rodney Asher? Mm -hmm. uh, he said that that was one of the more interesting questions to him. Not, not necessarily the forefront of the science behind this, but why it was so similar. You know, 
I mean, and admittedly, the science is pretty murky at this point. Yeah, there are questions that remain unanswered. You know, there's uh, every time on this show or other shows, every time someone at How Stuff Works starts to tangle with the dream world, we quickly learn that most people say it's probably this or maybe that, but I don't know. Well, it's, yeah, and, yeah, and the the underlying belief structure of a culture, honestly, that is the main uh, way to explain something like this a lot of time. It's something occurred to me. Um, I know this this is probably pretty intense to think about for you, especially, but crib death. Like, you know, did you ever read that Chuck Palahniuk book, Lullaby? Mm-hmm. It was all about like this African spirit that causes the infants to you know pass away in their cribs. I just wonder if there's any. Connection between this idea of sleep paralysis and demons or whatever. If that's like an infant's version of experiencing that. Cause think about it. I mean, like, if, if, if it's that bad for an adult, can you imagine if something like that happened to an infant? You know, that's, that's an interesting proposition because the, there are two myths that tie directly to concepts of infant mortality that I think of just when you say that. And the first is, um, the first is the black cat myth. And that the cat would attack a child, right? We know that one, and that's the that's the one where a cat, for some reason, gets on top of a baby in a crib and sucks its breath out, right? And or in reality, sits on its face and probably just suffocates it with its body, which could which could happen. This is a, this took a dark turn, my friends. Uh, the other one would be, of course, those old stories of changelings. That was a way to that was a way for people to interpret that kind of situation. You know, like they have a kid that's healthy, then they have a kid who's not. Then it must have been some sort of intervention mm-hmm. by unnatural forces. So this brings us to. The bigger, one of the bigger questions. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we get to that, guys, I gotta say, I think in our notes here, it says there's a part where I wanted to complain about the video script. Mm-hmm. I had a tough time writing this one. That's I, what you were saying. I don't I see it. I had a tough time I writing think it's this. Great. I don't know. Well, if you, if you check out the video listeners, uh, go, go easy on it. The editing will, as always, be fantastic and the production will be great. But, uh, if at some points, there you go. I, I don't know. It's kind of weak. Then it's my fault, not Matt or Knowles. Huh. I just want to be clear on I that. I think you're a little too hard on yourself. This is an interesting topic, though, and it's a little out of the norm, you know, for the show. So I applaud you for uh, attacking it with such aplomb. We had a lot of people get upset that we covered Slender Man, even when we said Slender Man's not real and was invented in 2009. Yeah, uh, they were mad because we were listening to our younger viewers. Uh, that's the, oh, that's, I would say the comment that we get the most. But I didn't you start know. listening to your younger viewers, <laughs> man. Why don't you do something about Doge? <laughs> about what? Uh, a dog thing? It's a I dog don't know. meme. I don't, know. I don't, well, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know the age of someone who writes to us unless they tell us. You know sure, I mean? exactly. And, uh, and, we we try to cover as much as we can. We have a backlog, uh, and and not every not everything's going to be successful. But I, I bring up Slenderman because we are we've been exploring mythology in this weird way and folklore, and that brings me to like the biggest question that I, I have to ask you guys: Do you think these kind of things? are real or that there's some way to encounter another entity uh, through your brain. It gets, it takes me back to the pineal gland. That's what I think about. Yeah. Because uh, I believe mela, melatonin is released from the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. I believe that's correct. I'm not a scientist. That's what I found in my notes. Uh, I don't know. Somebody at Emory shoot me a note. Anyway, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. So that the idea that there is an idea that the pineal gland seated in the center of your brain is somehow this gateway to other dimensions or the spirit realm or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps this is a way that we could get into communication with other things if they exist. I tend not to believe that that is the truth, but I don't think there's anybody currently trying to write, I don't know, 
write a thesis paper about I mean, that? I think at the end of the day, we're all working with the same equipment, you know? And so when certain wires get crossed and things, you know, chemicals are out of balance, it can produce similar results. I mean, look at people describing hallucinogenic experiences, for example, taking, you know, psychedelics. Oh, shout out to Graham Hancock and the Machine Elves, you guys. That's a thing. That's a real thing. Oh, cool. I, I'll I show know. myself out. Please, no, <laughs> no, I just mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any specifics right off the bat, but I mean, in just in reading people's, you know, descriptions of mm-hmm. their, their trips or whatever, there are a lot of similarities. There are a lot of things that are experienced very similarly. So I just wonder if the fact that many people report similar sleep paralysis, um, you know, apparitions appearing to them, like I said, we're working with the same equipment. If the wires are crossed in a similar way, would it produce similar results? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's that's interesting because we can make, I mean, human experimentation is still pretty limited in this day and age, but we could do some interesting things if ethics weren't involved. You monster. I'm just saying. Oh what? No, I'm just, it just has just to. It's just, just spitballing what? here, guys. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do uh, surgery on people's pineal glands, you guys, and hallucinogens. That's crazy. It's interesting, though. I'm just saying it's interesting. Mm. It's a, yeah. There's a lot to learn. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm <clears throat> uh, just really fast. I wanted to come up with some of the ideas of what people who do experience this have attempted to do to make it stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of things when if you consult, let's say, a therapist or a psychologist and you you say, hey, I'm experiencing this at night. I'm I'm feeling paralyzed and I mm-hmm. see you know, shadow people. I know that sounds crazy. What can I do? Uh, you're going to be told, well, we need you to eat a little more healthily. We need you to get more sleep, not use, you know, your cell phone or other electronic devices right before you go to bed. All these different things of lifestyle, uh, lifestyle changes. And going back to even 2002 in that entity documentary, uh, people who experience this express how difficult it is to hear that because a lot of times it doesn't really help that much. Hmm. Perhaps it will alleviate the symptoms slightly, but um, it's almost a, dis- it feels like a dismissal at least is what it seems from these people who are interviewed. Like it's not real. Look, chill out. Well, and are these people just cool as cucumbers in their day-to-day lives or do they struggle with some serious anxiety? That, well, I would say at least these are the the two main documentaries I watched: the Nightmare and the Entity. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems it seems to fluctuate. So there was one guy who says he experiences it almost every night. He's unable to. It's affected him where he can't keep down a regular job. He can't really do much of anything. His social world is just all messed up because at night he's just terrified. So you him. would almost argue that his daily anxiety is as a result of this. This, these night terrors. It could be a not feedback. Not the other way yeah. around. Right, right, right. That's what I just mm-hmm. wonder if folks with intense anxiety issues that, that affect them every day are more prone to having these nighttime anxiety experiences. Or they could be real. It's a possibility. Honestly, yeah. it is. It's Well, that's, that's the thing. If we're talking just in terms of rhetoric and technicalities, then there's always the out where we can say, well, perhaps there's just since we don't know if these things were to exist, we don't know what substance they would be formed of. We don't have a way to measure whatever constitutes them, right? So it is possible that we just don't have the technology, but then it's also probable that it's not necessarily a haunting i love i love horror movies you guys and i love watching uh watching movies with a lot of heavily implied mythology i will say i myself have never experienced sleep paralysis in the way that i hear it depicted in these sorts of things you know um i guess i I should be fortunate in that regard but when when we talk about the the nature of reality, we're talking about whether you find your experiences true. Is that the ultimate thing you can trust? Or do you trust what other people tell you about their experiences or experiences of humanity at large? You know what I mean? Or can you even trust what you see and hear 
sometimes because we know that your brain mm-hmm. plays tricks on you. One of the strangest episodes we did, which is also a difficult one, was about uh, the flat earth theory. I think that's the one where it ends in... There's, uh, you know, there's clearly, guys, okay, the Earth is not a perfect sphere, but it is a sphere. It's not a disc. It's not a disc, yeah. And, uh, there's a, there's a group of people, the, the vast majority are people who are sort of trolling, and they call themselves a flat Earth society, but their belief is, or the, the shtick is that with the right rhetorical tools, you can argue anything. And I get that. I mean, eh. I'm not excited about it, but that's a real thing. I like the idea. I like the idea. And then there are, there are very few people who do actually believe that the earth is flat. And I was reading, you know, I was doing the research on this and, um, one person said, Oh yeah, astronauts have been there. How much do you trust astronauts? Do you know any astronauts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we, yeah, that was what we included. I used that. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know what else. Like, <laughs> It was just such a great question, you know, because I don't know any astronauts. Right? It's it's completely true, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not plausible. Yes. So, with with that in mind, we haven't dug all the way into altering reality via hallucinogens, and I think that's a very good conversation for us to have. And I want to know if listeners, if we've talked a little bit about the science, right? But I want to know if you out there listening have had an experience like this that you believe cannot be explained by some sort of wonky hiccup in your sleep cycle or or another mundane thing. Right, the chemical imbalance of some sort. Yeah, and, and if you have had that, what is your explanation for what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to know that. Some of the hypotheses that were put through in the nightmare were there's one of the people said – they think perhaps this might be some sort of visitation from beings from another dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person said, well, what if people who are experiencing this are somehow getting the raw data from the from the world, from this reality or whatever it is, that most people can't process mm-hmm. and they can't process the full raw data of what they're seeing that is the by the way that last one is the guy who can't hold down a job um well that's the kind of thing people talk about with the hallucinogens you know is is this sense of a flood of data and information that you can't perceive when you're not in that state yeah there's too much yeah When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. 
How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Uh, by the way, I, I can we talk about one specific uh, thing that happened in the Nightmare documentary? Sure. Hey, one, okay. It was that guy. He said that he was asleep in his bed. By, this is a spoiler um, if you want to watch the documentary, and I highly recommend that you do. He says he was sleeping in his bed and there were uh, two females sleeping in the bed with him. Uh, he was on one side and then two girls. He says that he got the sleep paralysis or it, it affected him and he couldn't move. He saw a huge eight foot black figure standing over him, had red eyes and was speaking to him and saying things like, you don't know me, but I know you but you know who I am, like really strange, mm -hmm. cryptic, but, and almost contradictory statements. And he was terrified. He couldn't move. Then all of a sudden the girl next to him shot up out of bed screaming, at least according to this guy, this is his story. And she just, I, I guess it woke him up and knocked him out of it. What she said she saw was a black cat sitting on her chest with red eyes, speaking in some other language to him. At, while the, at the same time, he believes he's seeing this giant eight-foot character mm -hmm. talking to him. I don't know. That, to me, is fascinating. The idea that two people could experience something very strange but so similar at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to hear stories about that. There's there's another thing I want to posit there. Uh, Wait, Ben, I'm sorry. No, I don't mean to interrupt you, should, but should we keep that in? I feel like maybe I was just telling too much of the movie. What, with the two with the two. Yeah, the story is an anecdote with, from a film. No, we should totally keep that. Yeah, in. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting, but it just sounds like some tweaker stuff to me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, what's he doing in bed with the two chicks in the first place? And, right. and this is the guy that can't hold down the job. I'm sorry. Huh. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I do I agree change. with Noel here. I feel like you're right, man. There are some. There's some missing plot points. Okay. In this. All right. Look, I'll give you that. Let it. It makes for a good story. It makes for a good story. Uh, all right, so there is, a, you, you know, there's this strange debate about how many senses we have. We have so many other strange senses that don't quite get the uh, don't quite get the superstar status of the of the main five, right? Like the main cast. So I'd like to do an exercise, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the podcast. We'd like to do an exercise with you now. If you're in a safe place, we want you to turn out the lights. Go to the darkest place you can find physically, not emotionally. Don't get weird with it. And, okay, are you there? All right. Close your eyes and take your right hand with your eyes closed. So with it straight out at your side, as though you're trying to lean to a wall on your right. And then with your palm up, Move your hand slowly in front of where your field of vision would be if your eyes are open. You're in the dark. You have your eyes closed. But according to several different studies, 50% of you will be able to somehow see your hand 
where you will think that you see your hand because your body has a sense of its own um, where it exists in space, right? Well, not necessarily everybody, but basically daredevil. Mm-hmm. What that study <laughs> says is pe- people basically have daredevil-esque powers. And this is interesting to me because it then means that you could have, I don't know about you guys, but I've had this slippery moment where I feel like my whole body has slipped away where I think, oh, okay, I'm, it, it's time to get working on the show. Matt and Noel and I are meeting up. So let me get up and I'm brushing my teeth and putting on my pants and then I'm eating some cereal or something. I'm kidding. I don't have my life together enough to handle breakfast. And, uh, and then I realized that I've been in bed the entire time. I'm just laying there and I started thinking about what I had to do and slowly started slipping back into dreaming about it. Yeah, I've done that before when I snooze, hit the snooze button when I shouldn't have. My dreams aren't that organized. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, if any of my dreams were work appropriate, I would, I would tell, tell a real one. Really fast before we get out of here, guys, I just want yeah. to say there, there's a ton of research you can do on your own about this stuff. There are, there are all kinds of books. One of my favorite ones about this idea of hallucinating is called Hallucinations by Oliver Sacks. Fascinating book. Diana has a whole host of his books. Um, mm-hmm. just dealing with what happens when weird things happen in the brain. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, another one was, uh, oh, it's actually called Sleep Paralysis by Shelley Adler, who's uh, someone that Diana knew as well. Uh, sorry, hmm. that's my wife, everybody. If you're smart gal. That. Yeah. She's really smart. I think that's really, that's a really, I just want to say there are all kinds of books, there are all kinds of places online if you're suffering from this that uh, that can at least try to help you out. And there are forums you can go to and discuss with other people right. who are. It's a serious thing. And I would yeah. like, yeah, I would like to say for my part, I am not diminishing this experience. I, I believe that people can have all kinds of experiences. And just because we don't share them does not make them any more or less real. So if this is happening for you and this is something that you're struggling with, let us know. We're mm-hmm. interested in hearing about it. And I just hope at no point during this episode that I come off as being flippant about it. Right. Especially if this is the, the verdict is so far, the scientific consensus, I should say, is that this is not something that will physically harm you. However, this can be emotionally traumatizing. And there are people who have reported being physically harmed by what they believe well, it's is psychosomatic, right? Is possibly, well? possibly, or, but they believe that they have been, um, you know, assaulted, like punched or scratched. And, and guys, uh, we've all drank too much in our 20s and younger listeners. Yeah. You, you yeah. Have some 20s. adventures yeah. ahead yeah. of your time. Uh, so, you know, people, my point is people have woken up with a, how did that get there kind of bruise before? You know what I mean? And just because we don't know where something came from doesn't mean that it automatically implies a certain like a certain outcome or a certain cause rather sure so i'm glad we got that disclaimer out there guys because this is a serious problem as matt said you can go to forums to uh talk with other people who've experienced this and many people will have different explanations for the causes but uh i'm sure there are different versions of the experience sure we're kind of talking about a specific one that Mm -hmm. was portrayed very chillingly in this this film the nightmare but you you have to imagine as many people as there are out there that have these experiences there have to be lots of different uh variations yeah Yeah, there there are a ton Mm and it's always always slightly different and it's usually most of the time just this dark being or beings or the sensation of one. Yes. And that's, that's kind of why I, I, at the top of the podcast, just to circle back, I mentioned my, you know, recurring dream or nightmare. See, the thing is, at, at this age, I, I almost don't even think about things as nightmares anymore. Cause I, they don't scare me. It's just a sense that I'm left with that is, it can be a positive thing. Like I said, feeling my size and feeling the, the insignificance of, you know, me in relation to the, machinations of the universe and larger mm-hmm. beings and things like that. So, I mean, to me, the, the, the thing that I'm experiencing is as much an apparition as one of these shadow people, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of like, it represents something. At least that's the way I interpret it. It represents mm-hmm. uh, whether, whether it's a, a lack of something, a, you know, lack of confidence or, you know, some sort of thing that is difficult to, to deal with. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of how, you know, I look at it. You know, that was well said. I, I think that's, I think that's an even handed, fair way to look at it. And we would like to hear what you think. So write to us, uh, write to us directly or find us on the internet. And just to show you that we actually do read listener mail. Do you guys want to do some? Absolutely. I've got one right here. This mail comes to us from Matt. Uh, Matt is very generous with uh, his compliments. He uh, says he's listening to the Halloween special podcast. He wanted to share a somewhat similar experience he had last year. I saw this one. Oh, excellent. Albeit his story doesn't involve ghosts or anything bad happening. So here it is. Um, Let's see. At this point in time, I'd been running a house with my wife in central Pennsylvania for going on three years. The house was in a quiet community, and we felt a sense of security I imagine anyone living in the suburbs normally feels. One week in the middle of the summer, while I was away on business, our central air went out. My wife called the landlord to have it fixed, as it gets pretty toasty in Pennsylvania during the summer months. The landlord had the HVAC guy call my wife and ask when she would be home. My wife responded that she wouldn't be home till around 6 p.m. The HVAC guy said he had a local job in the area but didn't know if he could hang around that long. He told my wife he'd see if he could troubleshoot the problem from outside and told my wife to call him if it had been a success. So my wife got off work and went home to find a work van outside our house, but the HVAC guy was nowhere to be seen. She walked to the front door of our house to find that the door had been unlocked. She opened the door to find the HVAC guy standing in our living room. Obviously startled, she asked the man how he got inside. He replied, oh, well, a lot of landlords keep spare keys on top of the electric meters for maintenance people. I looked and found a key to your house sitting there. Sorry to startle you. It goes without saying, my wife felt a mixture of terror and anger that this man took the liberty to get inside our home without our permission. It equally freaked us out that we had a spare key outside our home for two years that we had no idea about. After my wife told me this, I immediately called the landlord and asked for our locks to be changed, as it is entirely possible another key could exist without our knowledge. We live in the same house to this day, but it still freaks me out knowing how vulnerable we were. A word of advice to anyone renting a house. Check with your landlord to see if they have a spare key stashed around the property. Anyway, that was my experience with finding maintenance people creepily waiting inside my home. Thank you for producing a great show, and I look forward to future episodes. Wow. I think that hits on the theme of, yeah. the, of the episode. I mean, just this, you know, you've heard the expression, safe as houses. Right. Right? Right. That doesn't apply anymore, you know? <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we feel safe in our home just Ooh. naturally. You want to, at least, because yeah. it's, it's, this, it's your, you've got, you're walled in. It's like your fortress. But there are so many things that we take for granted, like a maintenance person, like a spare key, mm-hmm. like... Having a landlord that is in control of our locks and has extra keys that could be hanging around without our knowledge. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said in the episode, I don't want people to be paranoid and live in fear of, you know, being invaded or something like that. But, you know, these things are an issue. You have to, like, be aware of your surroundings. So thank you, Matt, for writing in again, for being very kind and for sharing a pretty disturbing real life version of, you know, the kind of the story that we read Which that could have may been have just life. been a story. Who knows? Yeah. But that's a real world example. Yikes. We have one more listener mail before we head out today. Uh, and that is from our friend Mike in and guys, Mike was writing in about our highway of tears episode. He says, Hey, I recently found your podcast and have been spending hours a day catching up. I'm a truck driver. So there's been many miles that you've kept me company. Keep up the great work and thanks for the thought provoking topics. As a side note on your podcast, highway of tears and the one on serial killers, you talked about truckers being serial killers. Just know that most of us are hardworking family guys and gals who just want to deliver our goods and get home safely to our families. Mike, I think that was, I think that's a good point because we didn't, we sort of said how rare serial killers are, but I, I think we should establish, because we do have a lot of truckers listening to the show as well. We should establish that the truckers are good people. Absolutely. Uh, you know, even if they weren't listening to our show. They would still be awesome people because they get us things. I mean, that's the only way things happen to get other places is because truckers exist. Right. Cargo ships and trucks and rail. Uh, truckers don't just drive rigs in a very real way. They drive the economy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My buddy, Charlie, who just moved back to upstate New York, his dad and a couple other guys that they would get around and talk about, 
you know, what would happen if the, uh, the trucker associations all decided to go on strike and the people in the docks all decided to go on strike because, you know, of, of mistreatment mm-hmm. or something. Bad times. Yeah, he was just talking about the real-world effects of nothing getting shipped anywhere. Take things for granted. Take things for granted. But uh, with that said, Mike, thanks so much for checking out the show. And you, yes, you as well listening, thanks so much. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this topic. We'd love to hear a suggestion from you. Is there something we should cover in an upcoming episode, video or audio? You can, you can let us know. You can let us know. Right? There's so many ways you could let us know. We're all over the Internet. We're lousy all, all over. The internet is lousy with us. <laughs> yes. Don't don't even search stuff they don't want you to know because it'll probably break your computer. There's so many search results. Uh, what? No. Uh, and that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.